Blog Talk Radio. And I'm welcoming the live audience here today along with those of you who are listening in the future because you are very present here with all of us, no matter when you are hearing this program. Today, I am going to continue with what really is the central theme of this broadcast. And it's extremely important in these times. And I come to you imperfectly within the midst of it, which makes it even more important because what I have to say speaks to me as much as to you and also reflects um, the evolution of my own thought process over the past couple of weeks. I have had two different things happen to me in the last couple of weeks that caused some disruption, something that um, I realized was causing fear for me, fears that you know maybe I didn't even realize that I still needed to work with. These weren't hugely major things, but they weren't small things either because of how I was required to work with my fears. And I talked to a couple of people who gave me advice, who were in the spiritual community, and that was helpful. It's always helpful to talk to someone. And today the topic is on Centering, because what is that really? And overall, the theme of this program is about the gifts in life that spirituality can provide us. To me, my spiritual path is the most important aspect of my life, and that may be true for many of you as well. And for those of you who are just um, stepping onto that path, I invite you to keep exploring. No matter how it calls you, you can be called to the spiritual path 
in a variety of ways. The key is to keep following it. And the most vital aspect of of a true spiritual path has been talked about, and I've even had programs on this as well, as the peace that passes understanding, finding that inner peace. In the last program, we talked about a lot of things. We even talked about what it felt like to be in the Cold War. Now, those are big societal things going on right now and probably more intricate than any of us can truly understand. I actually had to turn off some of that news this past week because I just couldn't really take it in and fully comprehend what was happening. And this was independent of anything personally going on. There's a lot of stuff going on right now, face it. And any number of them could induce fear. This is about centering. Right before this program, I was thinking about those years, how, you know, it didn't dominate your every minute, but we would return to those fears of being wiped out in an instant. I wrote multiple poems about it as a teen to the point my brother asked me, he said, don't you write about anything other than nuclear war? And I'm like, I think I was 13 or 14. He had it and still has quite a sense of humor. Um, And he was coming at it in a funny way, but it actually obviously was occupying my psyche. And maybe for you, That issue today is any number of other things having to do with the earth. And yes, the conflicts on the planet and all the different things that we've been through in the last couple of years. And where is it going? Maybe you're afraid of your fellow human beings not understanding where they're coming from. Often we project things onto people that may not actually be true. And if we could just be listening to one another, we'd find there are places of empathy that exist. Part of my personal journey in the past couple of weeks, even I realized, although I didn't quite think of it this way at first, had to do with bullying. Bullying creates a tremendous amount of fear right from childhood. Perhaps you have a child that is being bullied. As a mother, I experienced something many, many years ago where not only was a child a bully and actually did physical um, harm that was quite bad at the time, the mother was a bully as well and refused to accept it and even tried to bully me when I encountered her on a bus later on a field trip. And I was so appalled and shocked because it was, undeniable that something very bad had happened and she was unable to accept it and was just as much of a bully as her child. These things happen. There are bullies all around us. And yes, we can look to them in empathy and we can say, what is it that happened to this person to cause them to lash out in such a way? Or why do people choose certain professions where they bully people for a living? Those places exist. 
Why do people behave this way? Ultimately, it's due to fear. So part of our own centering may also be to understand that the people who are doing these things are actually hurting themselves. In fact, it's at the basis of every single conflict that we've ever experienced within the human experience. That doesn't make it go away, but it helps. And the key, returning back to centering, is we have a responsibility for our own our own mind space. Centering means coming back to who we are and who we choose to be and how we choose to navigate through life. Recentering within it implies we're going to lose sight of it, maybe more than once a day, most likely. But we find our way back consciously. I'm thankful to have a friend who helped me with some of this. I'm thankful, so maybe there is someone you can reach out to, in fact, more than one, who who helps me to come back to me, to come back to who I want to be, who I am, deep down. Inner peace is not some mythological place. It actually does exist. I have to tell you, I went through... kind of a a journey these past couple of weeks. And I got to thinking that, you know, I've said on this program that when I was younger, I was known as a more anxious person. And I wondered, could it be that my life is just so simple now that, that maybe I didn't have so many factors that caused that? Maybe I haven't learned as much as I thought. But then I got to thinking and I thought, no, I really do have these resources available to me now that were not back then. And I really didn't know how to deal with my worries back then. And I'm not talking about um, even just the biggest worries of all, like the whole world coming to an end, but just my day-to-day worries. The next test, the next exam in school, that this or that relationship. And we all have these things through life. And then I got to thinking about the last few years and some of the trials that I've dealt with. And maybe you are dealing with a loved one's health situation. That can be very challenging. And I've had to to work with that myself and in very intense ways at times. Maybe it's your own health that is causing worry and dismay, whatever it is, the spiritual path, which is the foundation of this program, offers to you a miraculous center. Can you find it if you don't believe in any kind of divine or any overt spirituality? Well, people have. People like Carl Sagan, for example, who I have admired, 
he greatly doubted in spiritual type things, and yet he was spiritual. He had no dogma, and yet he seemed to have a way about him that was spiritual, and no doubt he faced a very difficult path since he's no longer with us, and that's sad. I would love to see him still upon the planet. So whatever you're facing, I could tell you there are techniques you can use, and certainly there are, but this is not a program teaching you techniques. We're not going to do a meditation. We're not going to do a breathing exercise. There are other teachers who may be able to help you with that, and I know teachers like that. Yes, being aware of your breathing can help. And I'm not saying that it can't. But it isn't always about just having some tool. It's about a way of being. It's about a way of trusting. It's about a different way of life. When you have been on a spiritual journey, you have witnessed miracles. You have seen things in this life that are larger than life that you know are real because they've demonstrated themselves to you. Perhaps what you see are remarkable synchronicities that are impossible. Impossible. Perhaps you turn on the radio at after thinking about something and the radio is right on that theme. And you say to yourself, how can that be? I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. When my son was a child, I would drive him to school every day. And one day, and he was still in elementary school, I was telling him all the different things that he could be. And I listed them out. You know, you could be a rocket scientist. You could be this. You could be that. You could be a teacher. All the different things. Then he liked to listen. At that time, we had Disney radio that came through, the Disney channel on the radio. And I turned on the radio because it had been off. And right then, a song was in the middle, and it was saying exactly that. You can be a rocket scientist. You can be this. You can be that. And my son says to me in the back seat, because he was still actually in a car seat at the time, Mom, I think he was still in the car seat anyway, he says, Mom, is there an antenna on the car transmitting to the radio station? He couldn't comprehend what had just happened. Because it was a minor, though real, miracle. And together we witnessed it. Neither one of us imagined it. It it actually happened. That is an example of a synchronicity. And they can be incredibly specific. And you realize you are living in a world that is more than we are told it is. That is more than meets the eye. That we are living in a spiritual world. The rationalist, though I tend not to use that term because I don't 
particularly view it as rational to deny even considering spirituality. So let's use a different term, the materialist, those who choose not to even consider that there is a spiritual dimension, will tell you that none of these things are real, that it's just a coincidence, and they see the world as it is. And even if something was seemingly miraculous, well, maybe we're living in a computer simulation. They always have to point to a technological possibility. And the irony of all of that is technology itself is probably as brief as can be within the existence of a society. We see so much in science fiction and everywhere else telling us that it's all about technology. Everything is technology. But that is not the case. That is just one path for a civilization, and I would tend to say it's usually the most destructive path. I've spoken of this before as well. Those who say that you can somehow capture the mind within a computer is denying that there is a soul. And I don't believe that could ever happen. We're often afraid of that. That's another thing that we become fearful of, that somehow someone's going to imprison us, the future of the human um, civilization, the the future of our children and grandchildren within a computer somehow. And yet anyone who's suggesting that is in denial about the nature of reality. Let's come back to centering. I was thinking about an exercise that came to me a long time ago when I was first becoming spiritually awake. And it was very specifically guided for me. And I'm going to give you this exercise because it's helpful and I even used it. I even used it in the last couple of weeks. If something you are worrying about is replaying in your head, it can be like a movie, right? It can be in the past. It could be in the future. Maybe you're thinking about something that's going to happen, and you're thinking about it in a certain way, and it just keeps replaying. Or you're thinking about something that happened in the past, and it just keeps replaying. Here's a little technique for you that was really very directly given to me in a spiritual way. In the days when I was growing up, we used to have giant movie theaters, and I loved the theaters that I would go to, one in particular. And these were generally previously Cinerama theaters, which I only just witnessed the end of when I was very young. They had very large and wide screens, and they usually had a curtain across the screen. These were very majestic movie houses, beautiful places. If you have a movie that is replaying in your head, all you need to do is pretend visualize this movie projected onto the screen. Perhaps you're hearing 
a soundtrack going with it. Perhaps they're angry voices or fearful voices or it's just a scenario that you're afraid of or something that happened before. Whatever it is, project it onto the screen. Project it away from you. Project it away from your head and say, it's just a movie. It's not me. Project it onto the screen. Let it play for a second. Maybe you'll hear the sound as well. Then close the curtain. Close the curtain consciously and shut it down. That's a simple technique. And it works because it projects the thing that we're worrying about onto the screen. Are you worried about a bully? It almost always has to do with some scenario that frightens you, either in the past or in the future. We've all been in that place, probably even as children, where we've been bullied or maybe we participated in some some situation that we're not happy with either. Children are often pressured into those situations, and truthfully, adults can be as well. Don't participate in the bullying. Don't let them in to your mind space. That is how they do their cruel, cruel things. It is a voice of cruelty that you're hearing. Don't let it in. Shut the door. Shut the gate. Go somewhere else. Go into the garden. Maybe literally. I was going to read a poem today, and I may yet, about the garden. Don't give these people the satisfaction of owning what is in your head. There are people, and yes, we can be empathic about whatever made them this way. There are people in this world who even delight in causing suffering in others. They have clearly been harmed or are experiencing some significant issue of their own to be such people. That's one way of helping to deal with them when you see their own pain. But you don't need to listen to them or let them into your heads because that's exactly what they want. They want their fearful scenarios to repeat within your heads. This is different than having some awareness of what is going on in the world. You can certainly be aware. I am paying some attention, certainly, to what's going on with Russia, although I will acknowledge that the more I hear it, it's a very intricate thing. And most people just don't have enough time or information to even understand it, and I don't know that I do. But there came a point where I just wasn't wanting to hear about it right now. And so I turned it off. Sometimes, and this can be an actual channel, and I'll tell you 
They're, people will say this channel's fear-based, that channel's fear-based. They're all fear-based, okay? They all find different ways to peddle fear, most of them. They're on cable. <laughs> That's because fear sells. I'm getting to the point where, I mean, I used to maybe watch a movie that was scary. You know, I remember going to see Alien, the original, in that very theater that had the Cinerama screen, and it was terrifying. And it was kind of like being on a roller coaster, right? And I was younger. But, you know, as I get older, I don't really need that experience anymore. Sure, some of you may be looking for that kind of imaginary thrill to watch a scary movie or read a scary book. But if it's impacting you, if it's getting under your skin, if you're thinking about it, it's probably not healthy for you. And truthfully, it's probably not real healthy for our society. There's so much on television nowadays, I can hardly find anything to watch. I'm getting to the point where most of the movies coming out, I mean, and many of the television shows. First of all, I don't have time for it. But second of all, I really don't have the mind space. I am not willing to give that kind of really useless um, stuff time within my head. So another way of getting back to our centers is to think of where we're spending our time. That doesn't mean it isn't healthy to have some awareness of what's going on in your society. I'm not saying that you have to be totally ignorant. There is a balance. That word centering suggests balance, doesn't it? It can be imperfect. Think of shooting an arrow at a bullseye. I used to help with a festival, in fact, I still do to some degree, um, where they had an archery tournament. And in fact, my son did archery too for quite a while. And archery, rarely do you hit the center, although sometimes amazing things can happen and people do. In fact, I have witnessed that. But usually, you know, you're somewhere near the center. Or maybe you're way off. Maybe you're off the, the entire target. Trying. You just keep going at it. Okay, so you missed. So you're out in the field somewhere. Try again. Keep at it. Your value as a person, a person who deserves to have inner peace as much as you can find it, no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what is happening in our society is worth it. And you will be a much more um, meaningful participant, participant within society if you find that space within yourself. Because nobody can really come up with meaningful ways to help what ails us all if totally dominated by fear. Fear does not facilitate clear thinking. Fear is the opposite of clarity. Yes, it's going to happen. That's the other thing. Just accept, okay, I missed the mark. I missed the target. Oh my gosh, I'm way off in left field. I'm way off. You know it. You notice it and you say, 
okay, I'm going to own this. I am going to own my head. And if a bully is involved, you can even really get a little indignant and say, there is no way I am letting this person, this entity, whatever it is, own my headspace. I own it. I own it. This is my space. Not only that, we're connected to one another. The more that we own our own space, the more we create a a consciousness of peace, a consciousness of being more centered, a consciousness of being able to, from a non-fear-based place, come up with real solutions for society, a consciousness that may guide more of us to the spiritual path. The live show is about to end. I am going to continue beyond it a little ways, so you'll be able to hear this in the podcast. But I want to thank those of you who are live for listening. And I also want to thank Blog Talk Radio for once again um, having this show on their homepage while live. I'm always thankful for that. So, again... Um, FrontierBeyondFear.com Live listeners is where you can find this program and follow the show if you want to know when we're going to have them. Usually 1 p.m. Pacific on Saturday. Okay, back to the topic for those of you listening in the podcast. We do have not only a personal responsibility but we have a responsibility for society. And don't allow people to bully you into that, by the way. That is not a healthy way to go about it. No one can bully you into doing something that is helpful to society. That is contradictory in nature. What I'm talking about here is when we naturally, freely come to a space of inner peace for ourselves as much as we can, when we work on our own issues with this, and we all have issues. As I said, I come to you imperfectly today. I found my center being disrupted a bit the last couple of weeks. When we work on it, just like if you're at an archery range, you pick up another arrow and you give it another try. Yoda may say that there is no try, and sometimes it may seem that way, but trying is worth it because you know what? Sometimes we do fail. Luke Skywalker failed. He wasn't able to raise that ship. And sure, I know, Having 100% confidence is great and all, but most of us don't have that. Most of us are not Jedi Knights. I mean, anything is possible for us, I'll tell you. The more that we work with our paths, who knows what we are capable of. But allow yourself to be imperfect. I'm allowing myself to be imperfect and to say, hey, What's going on here? And 
In one case, I realized I was being bullied and I was allowing a bully to get inside my head and I it was somewhat indirect and then I realized that and I'm like, I'm not going to let a bully get inside my head. I'm tired of bullies because we've all dealt with them. We've all dealt with bullies in our lives and no, no one is physically threatening me. It's not that kind of a bully. Um, but it, I realized on some level I was letting bullying, which is dysfunctional behavior within our society, get inside my head. And I started to work at it from that level because I reject any and all bullying that is never a higher path, that is never a productive path. It is always a cruel path. And it is not an empathic path. Bullies are unable to understand anything. They just want what they want. And usually whatever that is, is not, it's either not possible or it's not a helpful thing. Or even if it was, they're going about it the wrong way. Bullying doesn't work. And it's sad that our children have to deal with it. As mothers, we've had to deal with it. And even other parents can be bullies. It's very sad. And it's something that we need to work with. Nature. I don't want to let this show end without mentioning nature. I may not give you a specific breathing exercise, but I'll tell you what helps me to breathe is nature. I am facing out a window right now looking at beautiful trees as I speak to you. That gives me peace. That helps me to flow as I'm doing this program. I don't always do that. Sometimes, I mean, only... Only recently have I started, I tend to sit in a rocking chair and I can face it whatever direction I want. And darn it, I'm not going to have it facing the TV so much because what if I turn that on and once again something's infringing on my headspace? Sure, I want to see something and be aware, that's great. Then turn it off. But right now, I'm looking out at a beautiful day and beautiful trees, and I'm looking forward to walking out in that day in a little bit. Even if you can't get out and walk, you can appreciate the beauty that's around you. I repeat certain themes in this program now because it is important to repeat them because they work. It works amazingly well to utilize the beauty that's around you. Yes, I used a tool-based word, but it is far more than a tool. It is accessible to you, even if it's just the sky, even if it's just a plant. And yes, also a part of my day today and a part of my past week was music. And more than one type of music, whether in my car or whether just turning it on. And I even rediscovered or was looking for an old program that was really unusual in the past. Um, basically, Brazilian jazz, which I found I liked. Or 
I listened to classical, or I actually listened to some rock music last week, whatever it is. Music is also very helpful. So is the beauty of words. And it can be helpful for you to write those words, and it can be helpful to read them. It can be very helpful to repeat certain words. And it seems like whenever I am kind of asking for guidance, which I really do, for what to read for a program, I seem to return to passages I've read before. And I'm not going to apologize for that anymore. If I'm reading something similar, this one I haven't read in quite a while, and I'm only going to read a part of it, I think, because it's a longer poem. That is great. Because poetry, in fact, I was reminded by an expert in poetry recently, poetry is meant to be reread and even at times remembered if we can remember it. Poetry can really help us. It's another form of beauty and it also helps us to go deeper. Most of what that everything that ails us, although it may have different labels, we may be dealing with technology now and something else then we've encountered before in our human experience. So when we read about those things, there is wisdom to be shared. So it's not just beauty, it is wisdom, and there is wisdom in beauty. I watched an old movie this past week. I'm trying to, you know, I just was looking for something um, relatively light. It turned out to be not quite as light as I expected. It was fairly deep, and I found myself, you know, at the end the character dies, and I don't even have to go into what it was. It doesn't matter. It was not a horror movie, let me tell you that. (laughs) And I found myself in tears at the end because it was so moving. It was emotionally moving. There are many things like that. There was beauty in it. It was beauty in a life that was explored and the feelings in the life. And there was even tragedy within it. So I found that space. And even though it made me a little sad in that instant, it still took the drama of my own life out of my head, the fear. In fact, it helped me look at... You know, when we read stories or we watch a meaningful film, it helps us to get out of our own heads. And as much, and even that term is a little bit misleading, it's okay to be in your own head and to manage that space. But when your head is replaying some worry, something unhelpful, get that out of your head. That's the key. Work on getting that out because it isn't helping. And usually you'll find something or someone dysfunctional has put it there. And you own your mind space. How many times can I say that? You own your mind space. Nobody can own it. I'm going to read a poem because it showed up, and I haven't even had a chance to look at it really close again, but I opened, it actually had a bookmark this time, so I can't say I randomly opened to it, but I had forgotten it had been bookmarked. 
Um, this is at least an excerpt from The Garden by Andrew Marvel, who lived 1621 to 1678. The Garden. How vainly men themselves amaze to win the palm, the oak, or bays, and their incessant labors see, crowned from some single herb or tree, whose short and narrow virgin shade does prudently their toils upbraid, while all flowers and all trees do close to weave the garland of repose. Fair quiet have I found thee here, and innocence thy sister dear. Mistaken long I sought you then in busy companies of men. Your sacred plants, if here below, only among the plants will grow. Society is all but rude to this delicious solitude. This is just the first part of The Garden by Andrew Marvel, who again lived 1621 to 1678. What is it telling us? Simply go out in nature. Find quiet, fair quiet, and it's a with a capital Q. Have I found thee here? And innocence, thy sister dear. What is the type of innocence he is talking about? It is clarity. It is love. It is purity. It is the peace that passeth understanding. It is your mind free from all that entangled stuff from figuring it out whether you're trying to figure out what's going on with Russia or the economy or in your own personal life, whether these past couple of years are just all a quagmire in your head, clear it out. Here's another visualization. Think of it as brambles with thorns, and you are clearing the brush. I have to admit that when I had a garden, I didn't clear it because I loved its wildness. So you can love the wildness of such a place. But at the same time, if you're stuck in thorns, clear them away. Clear them away. I used to have a lot of roses in my garden, and I have very um, curly hair which has been long for quite some time. And I would be pruning the roses, and inevitably my hair would get caught 
on a thorn and then I would be entangled in the bush and then I would have to try to figure out how to get disentangled because I didn't want to cut the whole thing down. Are you getting entangled in something? Get disentangled. And yeah, you, I was eventually able to get myself out and I could still appreciate the beauty of where I was. Quiet. Do we always need to have something playing? Even music. Sometimes you need to turn that off too. But if your head is not in a clear space, maybe you do need to turn on some music to kind of clear it out, put something else there for a while. Whatever works, reading something beautiful, watching a movie like I did, which was far from a horror movie, even though it had some depth. When you walk out in nature, are you listening to something while you do it? I run into a lot of people doing that. Or they're on their phones talking. Maybe you should turn the noise off. This morning it was fairly cool out, but I opened the window for a little while anyway, and I was listening to the birds, and I had nothing on except the birds that were I could hear outside, which are, you know, there aren't too many around right now, but I could hear them. And there will be more. When I'm walking, I love to listen to the sounds of nature. There's nothing more wonderful, for example, to listen to water, to listen to a creek, to listen to falls that may be on your way, even little falls. Perhaps everything is solid ice right now. Can you hear the geese? What do you hear when you're walking? Pay attention. Don't drown it out. And focus on what that is. All of these things help me. I love listening to nature. In fact, I wonder sometimes, how come I I love the silence and I could walk? I mean, there have been times um, I'm busier now and can't quite do this anymore, but I have had times in my life where I would walk for like five hours or four hours and just sit out in a forest in the wilderness and listen and pay attention. And you wonder, if I love silence like that so very much, how come when I'm home, I have this impulse to turn something on? And usually it's some news-based source. Why? I've really started to do that less is when I can manage it. doesn't mean that I can't still have some awareness of things. This is managing your mind space. I own my mind. You own your mind. And even if we're all connected in mysterious ways, when we find our center, we help each other. You know, they say after... Um, September 11th, I think it's um, Greg Braden and different people, they they measure um, this field where you can tell if people are upset. And after some huge tragedy like that, people, it was disrupted. People were upset. And 
we can feel that. We can feel the energy of one another. And start with yourself. Don't be pressured into it. Of course you want to find more inner peace. But when you do that, there's a side effect that helps everyone else. I believe that, and there is evidence of that scientifically that people have observed. And if the materialists of this world were brave enough to look at actual science, maybe they would discover some of this as well. But sadly, they only want to look within their little box. And there is a long and storied history of science like that where it's always the person who goes outside the box who discovers something new. Science is ultimately about discovery. That's where it grows. It's not about being static in some space. It does that for a time, and then someone discovers something new. It's always about, what about this? Hmm, it's about some curiosity. And then you follow the, the path. I was going to say you follow the truth, which is true. We are not in the spiritual world at odds with science. We are simply open and looking for the truth. And we come to that in different ways. And it could be studied as well because that's what science is, is the pursuit of the truth. And spirituality does the same. And I always borrow, I don't know if it's in the book, but the movie Contact has a part in it where they talk about that, how both are attempting to find the truth in different ways. That's a wonderful movie, by the way, to to look at um, the journey of a materialist, someone who didn't want to believe that there was more, and then something happens to her that she can't explain, and it's in a spiritual dimension. It's in a higher consciousness dimension, and it expands her. And she at one point says that they shouldn't have sent her. They should have sent a poet she can't even describe what she sees. And then it becomes very personal as well, what happens. Because that is the nature of things. It all comes back to love. To innocence. I think that I will end on that today. I thank those of you who have been here listening, at this point, listening to the podcast. Um, I have managed to update the website, FrontierBeyondFear.com, and I've noted the different places also that you can find this program, at least some of the sources, because it's in a few different places now, popular podcast directories, because it is syndicated. So I continue to welcome you here. I, Unless something unexpected, um, if I'm called away for some reason next Saturday, we'll see. I, I always just see how it flows. But at this point, I expect to be here again next Saturday at 1 p.m. 
Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and I invite you to join me for this new season in progress for the frontier beyond fear. I'm Susan Laris and Dan's, and I'm very happy you were here with me today. See you next time. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.